Hey everybody, welcome to Miss Davis's podcast where I come to you almost every week with a new episode regarding the ins and outs of our ELA class as well as NCBA policies, expectations, and goals. For our last episode of the first semester, we have a very special guest on the show this week. Guys, Miss O'Shea, your middle school administrator, your principal, is here to talk with us and share some amazing wisdom from her time as an educator. I can't wait for you to hear what she has to say. But first, I have just a couple of announcements to share with you. So let's get going. So just to start off, the semester ends on December 18th. All of our grades, when I say our, I mean all the teachers, all of our grades have to be completely updated by the end of this day with no exceptions. And remember, you were given an opportunity with me a couple weeks ago to complete a few missing GoFormatives from the second quarter. Normally, the policy is that when GoFormatives close, they do not reopen because you have a full seven days to complete them. In addition, I remind you of the deadlines in your daily announcements, in your plan, in the OMS, and in live class connects on your morning slide. Please remember this going into the second semester. In addition, all of your OMS work needs to be completed by December 18th. I would really say by December 17th as well, because December 18th is going to be nothing but getting the grades together. Secondly, what's left for our live classes is the remainder of our wonderful novel. We will have read through chapter 30 this week through chapter 50 by the end of next week, and we will finish the novel by Tuesday the 15th. Make sure that you look in your OMS, this is important, make sure you look in your OMS next Monday the 7th and the Monday after the 14th for two outside reading assignments that go with counting by sevens. On Wednesday the 16th, we will have a final test for the novel. Make sure that you're taking notes with the novel along the way, like I have been saying to you since the beginning paying attention and staying with us as we read. The novel is your key for success. Now it's time for the interview with Miss O'Shea. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, Miss O'Shea. How are you today? I'm doing well, Miss Davis. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this for us. The kids are excited. I keep telling them there's a surprise guest and I won't <laughs> say any more than that. So I am um, I am very excited to have the the, (laughs) very excited to have um, our middle school principal on for an interview. Yes, I I wonder if they think it's going to be someone more exciting than me. And so if so, I feel like (laughs) I should apologize to them right now. (laughs) No way. It is exciting. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, I was wondering if I could ask you a few questions so that the kids can get to know you a little bit better. Of course. Awesome. Do you want to just start by telling us uh, your background in education and, you know, what made you decide to begin teaching? Yeah, so this is actually pretty funny because it was never my plan to be a teacher. Um, I went to UNC Chapel Hill, and when I was a senior, I was doing an honors thesis, and I was worn out and I was like, I, my plan had always been to go to grad school right after I finished my undergrad degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 
I was just worn out from writing that thesis. I was like, I don't know that I could go jump right back into doing this again. Like, let's see if there's something that I could do in between. Um, And so I saw a banner on campus one day outside one of my classes for Teach for America. And my mom had been a teacher in Title I her whole life or like, you know, her whole career. And so I... um, had always been around her, um, obviously, and did a lot of stuff with her school and would help her as much as I could. And so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, maybe maybe this is something that I could do. Um, and I really liked the mission. And so it was going to be a temporary thing. But uh, I got in and after two years, I was hooked. Yeah. And I've been in now for 13 years. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so funny every time you tell the story how um, parallel our stories are defining te- our teaching careers. Yes. Um, students, if you don't know, my socio- my degree was in sociology. Ms. Mine too. Degree- Ms. Yes. O'Shea's degree was in sociology. <laughs> and we both found teaching through um, through a banner at college. And when we started, we fell in love with it. And it's just crazy. I love it. I love it. Um, so that's awesome. So tell us a little bit about your family. It was really cute to hear, um, you know, the mommy, uh, come in the background a couple of minutes ago. Um, yes, (laughs) but you know what, that's like, that's just what happens now we're, you know, with quarantine. And so what what have you guys done, um, in your family and maybe some quarantine activities you found fun or fulfilling over the past few months? Yeah, for sure. So uh, we, I have three kiddos. So I have a a seven-year-old boy, almost eight, a five-year-old boy, and then a two-year-old girl. Um, Mm. Yeah, my husband is finishing his residency at UNC. So (laughs) he is doing a lot, obviously, right now. Um, (laughs) He works a ton of hours. Yeah. Um, So we have just been kind of trying to like keep our heads above water at home, but we, my kids really like to play outside. So they do that a lot. I has, I started running back in March. And so now that's kind of become my thing. I go for a run every day. Awesome. Um, yeah. And then, you know, this, but during quarantine, we got a dog. I feel like lots of people did that. Like (laughs) (laughs) I know like three or four other people who got a dog during quarantine. (laughs) Yep. So we got a Cocker Spaniel back in May and her name is Margo and I love her. So yes, Margo, (laughs) Margo is pretty cool. She is. She's so sweet. Um, so let's let's ask let's ask a question about your younger self in school. Now that you are an adult, what advice would you have given your younger self in school? Does that make sense? Oh yeah, no, it makes a lot of okay. sense. I I thought uh, hard about this question because I was like, how honest do I want to be here? Mm. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be honest. So I would say if I were to go back to myself, like in high school, when I was preparing to go to college, I would, uh, I would tell myself to not worry about being as social and worry more about like doing my absolute best and and trying to be in more difficult classes. Um, So I, 
in my high school, I was voted class clown of my senior class. Oh. I was just, which <laughs> is very funny now that I'm a principal. Um, as I always say that, like, because I was the class clown, like, I know everyone's tricks. Nothing surprises me. Ah, so, yep, yep. So, my parents always joke and say that I was very social and, and was just, like, caring much more about that than I was about being really, really studious. Um, and so I kind of got to this place in high school where it was like, if it's real, if it's hard for me, then I'm not going to try. I'm just not good at that. Mm. And as an adult, I've had to really relearn that, like, if something is hard, that doesn't mean that I can't do it. Doesn't it mean you that... have to write it off. Exactly. And like, there's like the whole, like, I'm not good at math thing. I used to tell myself that in high school. Um, and then when I went to college, I was like, Ooh, I love statistics actually. Yeah. Like I'm good at that math. Um, so I think that that's what I would tell myself is like one to have a little bit more grit and two, to be a little less social. So <laughs> that's, you know what, that's really good advice and it's really good hindsight. Um, yeah. so, you know, students, when you're listening to this, um, really think about that, you know, that you know, the decisions you make now and the decisions you make in high school really can um, really can shape the way, you know, the rest of uh, your decade or even multiple decades go. So, um, you know, just stay, stay locked in and do your absolute best. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is it's such an important lesson. My most difficult class in my master's program was school law, mm. but it was also my favorite because it was fascinating, but it was not easy for me. Case law and reading case studies yeah. was challenging, um, but I loved it. Uh, so I would have loved that course. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah so having, you know, having that good mindset, you know, the open mindset. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so as our head administrator for the middle school, what do you, <clears throat> excuse me, what do you see is the biggest area of improvement that could help our students now to be successful here at NCBA? Yeah, this is a really good question. And I was thinking about it and I think I got it down to two things that I would recommend. Awesome. Um, what I see the most that I think we need to work on our, our students can grow in this area is not taking shortcuts. So like when you are doing virtual school at home, it's easy to click through your OMS lesson oh. and go through it really quickly and then take your quiz and like, oop, cross off the list. I'm done. But at the end of the day, you haven't learned anything. Yeah. And if you, you're probably not going to get a great grade either. So what, what is the point? Right. Um, and so I think that there's got to be this idea of, we're not necessarily just learning to pass the class or learning to get through it, but we're learning because we want to enhance our knowledge base and everything you're learning now is the foundation for the things you're going to learn in the future. So I would really tell students to not take shortcuts. That's take your time. Fantastic advice. Yeah. When I look <clears throat> at students that are performing well, I can see because I don't know if students know this, but you should know this, everyone, that we can see how much time you spend in the online middle mm -hmm. school in each of your courses, and we can see how long you were in your class. To the second. Yep, to the second. And so if, when I see students that are performing well, I'm seeing that they're putting in that time in the OMS. Um, 
and, and that they're attending all their class connects. So I would say that's one thing. The second thing that I think we have to be better at is either one, asking for help or two, accepting help. Um, we have so many teachers that are constantly putting things out to try to help our students learn more, master a concept that they're struggling with, um, sending out things, reminders, and all of that about what uh, assignments they have due. But I feel like a lot of times we don't necessarily accept that help. Mm. Um, so I think that we have to be uh, comfortable with, if you're not yet at the place to advocate for yourself, then be at the place to accept that help. Mm. Man, that's such great advice. Such great advice. And, you know, I mean, I think that you said the exact same thing that I say to my kids all the time, which is I see the parallels between um, kids who attend class and work hard in the OMS and their grades. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's night and day difference. Yeah. Yeah. It Um, really is. And, and not even just attending the class, but paying attention in class. I mean, they hear me say that at least once a week. I'm like, I, I, I promise you, you guys, we see that, you know, you get the grades you want if you put in the participation in class connects. Well, yeah. And, and that's the thing, too, is I always think when I'm watching y'all's classes that your classes are so much more interesting and engaging than classes in a brick and mortar setting are. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's easier, honestly, to yeah. pay attention and follow along in the virtual setting. So it's like, and you guys are always looking for ways to make things fun and to get kids involved. In different ways. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you guys come up with the most amazing things that I would <laughs> never think of, but yeah. Yeah. So well, that's, um, that's a big two things. I, I like the, I, I like those two areas of improvements and students. I hope that you're, you know, listening and really taking it in um, because we're, we're just trying to set you up for success. Um, yes. So is there any advice for this, for the kids as they complete their journey from this semester and head into second semester with like, you know, a relatively clean slate in second Mm -hmm. semester, or is it the same advice? I think, I think that at the end of your first semester, you have an opportunity to look back and say, what worked, what didn't work, what can I fix? And I think one of the things that can really help you to be successful is to re-examine your organization systems. This is something that I have to do constantly because it's not natural. Like being really organized is not very easy for me. So Mm -hmm. I have to always look at what is the best way for me to structure my time, make sure I'm getting all all of my things done. So I would recommend students to look at their organization right now and say, okay, did this work for me? Mm -hmm. Did my time management system work for me? If I'm using a to-do list, is that the best thing for me to do? Or should I schedule things maybe more intently on a calendar? Um, So I would say evaluate those systems. There are so many different ways that you can find to organize your your time. Um, And it took me a long time until I was an adult, honestly, to find the system that works best for me. And so, yes, yeah. And um, so I would just really recommend that. That's fantastic advice. Students, make sure that you are looking at how organized now. And she's saying if, you know, if a, if a digital planner, if looking on your calendar on the computer is not working well for you, 
maybe for second semester, put it on a paper calendar um, and changing yeah. it that way. Um, really great advice. Um, so I have to write everything down. I don't know how you are, have but to. I have, have to. a notebook. <laughs> yeah. I'm on my second notebook of the year <laughs> because I have to physically write everything. So it's pretty yes. fun. Yes. I've heard yeah. the saying from a lot of us, if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. It's not going to happen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, thanks so much, Ms. O'Shea. I just want to ask you um, a fun question and uh, feel free to answer however you would like. It's a would you, would you rather question. So would you rather have breakfast in a hot air balloon or dinner in a castle? This is so hard because, <laughs> like, I really, I go back and forth on this question. So, number one, I love a hot air balloon. Growing up, my hometown had a hot air balloon festival, <gasps> and I lived on a lot of land. And so, they would often land in our backyard, and it was Have you ever cool. ridden one? No. And oh. so, I, I, I have a thing for them. Um, but I also am really afraid of heights. And so I wonder if that would be too, I still, I don't know. There's that. And then the castle, I feel like I would be, I would want to be very specific about which castle, right? (laughs) So like that would really matter to me. I know that that's silly, but I have, here's another random fact about me. I have like, I have a lot of interest in French history. And if, if this meant that I could eat dinner at Versailles, there you go, then I would love to do that. But you you know, (laughs) So I don't know which one I would say, honestly. I mean, it's a, it's a coin toss. It is. It is. Yeah. You make valid points. So (laughs) So, that's, that's fantastic. I don't even know what I would choose. I think I would choose the castle if it was Versailles too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, So, so ornate. I don't know. I just think it'd be really cool. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Ms. O'Shea, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to the kids and let us get to know you a little bit better. Oh, it was a pleasure. Um, I love joining you guys. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, we look forward to seeing you in class at um, random times. And we will speak with you very soon. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.